Welcome to Inside Out with Chris and Katie. These conversations are here to activate, stretch, and take you to your edges. This is your invitation to ditch the comparison and step forward with congruence and commitment to the life you want to live. Come play in our world and our minds as we navigate our 30s on totally different timelines. Hello and welcome back to Inside Out with Chris and Katie. We are very excited to have you back being on the mic. Katie Walker, how are you? I am brilliant and I've got like stuff to share. Like I know that we didn't even say this, guys listening usually like a few minutes before um, we jump on, we're like, okay, what's the like intention? Like what's the energy, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I think I'm ready to share with everybody, Chris, if you don't mind me just absolutely stealing the show for a second. I am going on a date today and I'm very excited about it. I love this so much and I love that you're bringing it into this um, space because it's like, for the single gals listening, which I know there are many of you listening, it's like it's so exciting living my single girl life through Katie. Even though I have no desire to be single, I am so fucking happy being a married woman, right? But it's like, oh, that's so fun for you. Like I want to know what you're going to wear, what's he like. Like it's exciting. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Me too. And it's so funny that you say that actually because I had a friend through the week, one of our beautiful mutual friends, Jade, she sent me this video that was like a comedy skit about like, It was essentially saying like single people, like you're holding friendships together. It's like, (laughs) because it's like if two couples are going out for dinner, like they're going out for dinner and they're fucking like, they're bored. They're talking about like, what are the the kids doing? What's going on with sport? And how's this going? And And then your single friend comes in and they're just like a total riot. I have been letting down my friends, guys listening, um, because I haven't been living my single life to the capacity I I could be. I've been in my like independent boss bitch era and like Katie Walker is, she's getting out there. This is very exciting. Yes. And he's very handsome. I'm very excited for you. We're going to need like a wrap up next week of the the day, the aftermath kind of thing. So (laughs) perfect. Pressure's on. Pressure's on, babe. Pressure is fucking on. No, it's not on. I think it's so beautiful because it's like, you know, you get to create that freedom for yourself. You get to be playful and go on like multiple dates and have a nice time and get to know people and put yourself out there and like be vulnerable, right? Like you've been in this energy of such strict, harsh bossness, that fierce, fearless woman that you are. And I love it for you, but in the art of behavioral flexibility, which is something that we often coach our clients through where you can have it all and you can be you know, in your dark firm and your light firm as well and jumping from one area to the other, I want you to like fully anchor into that over the next, like now that you're putting yourself out there, it's like, oh, I get to be open. I get to be a little bit softer. I get to be nurtured and nurturing and just like dropping into that feminine energy for you, right? I think it's it's exciting, it's healthy and it's time. And that it actually kind of leads in well to what we do want to speak about today, which is that like the ability to contradict yourself, right? Because when I think back to... And it's like, I think the the key thing with the conversation we're going to talk about today, I just want to put this pre-frame across the whole board, is that when you're moving into this space where you're learning to hold the duality and you're learning to fucking contradict yourself every two seconds, what's really important as you move into this is to make sure that you're looking at it, like in terms of when I say looking at it, the it I'm referring to is your own behavior, right? As you move through that behavioral flexibility, whether it's like flexibility of thought or belief or behavior. It's like having that flexibility is looking at looking at that through the lens of compassion as opposed to like shame. And it's like, it always comes back to that, doesn't it? Like, what are you making it mean about you in any given moment? And I could easily make 
the last few months <clears throat> of me being in my like boss bitch era, I could easily make that mean that like, oh, I'm just like, I'm not a feminine person. I'm not soft. I'm not. And it's funny because Chris and I were talking about this before we got on. It's like, we actually are both all at once. And I think that comes in that can play into like brand and things like that. It's like Chris and I, we both have quite like fierce brands. And yet that's an expression of ourselves. Like that's an extension of one, one part of our, our personality yet we do hold so much flexibility kind of behind the veil or behind behind that like brand um, shop front, right? And yeah, I think it's exciting. So that's what we're going to talk about today, contradicting yourself. Um, and I think really it comes back to having the courage to contradict yourself. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just being fully audacious in that, right? Like being bold, brave and fearless in as like literally so fearless that you can be that version of you one day and completely shift the next and be absolutely okay with that full permission slip to self to do the thing that you want, say the thing that you want, change your value, change your opinion, change your thoughts, your perspectives. Like what I once believed and thought is so far to what I want now believe and think. And if I change that again in another five years, I'm so fine with that. And I, I like thinking about a um something that does come to mind. Sorry, my brain's a little jumbled today, guys. Um, is when I was younger and I I had a lot of other things going on in my life. And one thing that was happening for me is in any any conflict, even with, um, say, customers on the phone um, or customers in person, I was, like, getting really sweaty and anxious and having the symptoms of anxiety. So I fully believed in my heart that, oh, cool, so I must have anxiety now. Never had it before, but now I've got it. Went to the doctor, told the doctor I think I have anxiety. He's like, what makes you think that? And then I said, like, the symptoms of it. And he was like, oh, yeah, you definitely got it. Here's your medication. And from that, I like done some research on anxiety. And at that time, there wasn't as much information as there is now. And what I found was like, cool, chemical imbalance, that needs medication. That makes sense. So then I had this thought and this perspective that anyone that has depression or anxiety or any mental health issues, they have a chemical imbalance in their brain and they need to be medicated, right? What we didn't discuss, what didn't come up is that I have been beaten up twice and had trauma from that. What we didn't discuss is I had abandonment issues from my dad and my mom separating. It's that I have like self-love and self-esteem and self-worth pieces that were not even discussed in that thing. And here I was taking this tablet every day for six months that actually the only thing it made me do was sleep longer and I was drowsy for most of the morning right? I eventually weaned myself off it because it started to be like, I just want to feel like myself again. I didn't feel like me anymore. And I still had all these thoughts and feelings. I was still scared shitless of being in confrontation, right? In little circumstances. Um, so I, I can't go into too much, but just to share as vulnerably as I possibly can, um, because the, one of the people that did beat me up is still someone that I love, they deeply love. So, you know, they're still in my life, but not really in my personal life. Anyway, and what happened was I tried to forgive this person and I had to sit down with them. And this was after I got off the medication. I remember it super clearly. I invited them over and I had to have this conversation and sit down and, and offer my forgiveness because I'm like, I have to let this go. I'm sick of the nightmares. I'm sick of, you know, being terrified when I'm walking home and it's a little bit dark. Like I had none of these fears and feelings before this stuff happened to me, right? And then suddenly it was like, oh my God, I'm terrified of everything. And that just wasn't me. I was the girl that used to walk with her keys in her hand from like in between my fingers from one nightclub to the next. So I'm like, I'm ready. Whoever comes for me, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Like I was fearless in that, right? And then suddenly it just all shifted and I was terrified of everything. And I was terrified of myself. 
And I had this big thought that, okay, well, if I forgive, then I'll let go. And it didn't work out that way. Unfortunately for me in that situation, none of it changed. None of the trauma went away. None of the fears or anything because I wasn't actually dealing with the, the thing that was going on. Um, but I had this full perspective that the medication would fix the problem and the symptoms. And in fact, it didn't it actually intensified for me in other areas. And, you know, I was medicated for anxiety then. And then in the past before that, I was medicated for like 14 for depression. And all that did was put me to sleep at night. So I didn't sit up at night worrying about things that were happening in my world. And it's like, I was so anchored into this perspective and I was spreading the fucking word. Anyone that would listen, I'm like, oh, you need to be medicated. Oh, you know, that's what you need to do. And now, and now I'm like, mm, is it anxiety or are you scared? And if you're scared, what's that? What's the fear? What's the undercurrent? Let's look deeper. It's not just what's at the at the surface level. Like you can go on medication. Sure, do that if that works for you. And I'm not speaking from a doctor or medical certificate. I'm simply speaking from my own experiences here. And it's like once I cleaned the fucking fears in me and I also anchored into my own worthiness and self-love, I could let it go. The nightmare stopped. The shake stopped. The fears of confrontation stopped. And suddenly I'm someone who said that I had anxiety, who now believes that I never had anxiety. I just had fears. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. And it's interesting that you like bring up that particular example. I, I saw an interesting video on Instagram the other day and what it was talking about was, <laughs> fuck, I've got some random analogies I bring into this space. Uh, what it was talking about was lobsters. Stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with me sometimes, honestly, but it makes sense. So stay with me, stay with me, fucking hell. So lobsters, right? This video was essentially um, describing how how lobsters um, grow because a lobster has a very hard freaking shell, right? And if you think about like a small little baby lobster, it has this real, the shell doesn't grow with the lobster. The shell's not going to grow with the lobster. What the lobster does is it like burrows itself away fully exposes itself and goes totally fucking vulnerable and gets out of that particular shell and generates a new one so that it's got room to grow. However, the growth doesn't occur without the discomfort of the lobster being like, fuck, it's getting tight in here. You know, like it's getting, this is not, this is not the vibe. I'm not like, this is getting uncomfortable. And so when you map this across to the human experience, exactly what you've just said, Chris, is that I feel as though, and again, my perception, I feel as though in life, when we get uncomfortable instead of growing, instead of retreating, instead of looking and being vulnerable with self and then potentially with others in the form of a coach or a therapist or whatever that looks like for you at that particular time. I'm a big believer in all modalities for different stages of um, like growth and, and evolution, right? However, if you don't take that time, you don't get to generate a new shell. And so what we see in the human experience is we feel uncomfortable, we feel that discomfort, and then we go and get a fucking pill for it. Yeah. And really what's that pill doing? Is that pill keeping you in that shell? And not allowing you to grow and not allowing you to to like continue your evolution as a human, to continue that that growth experience and this beautiful experience of life. And the thing is, you're going to need a new shell continuously. As you grow and evolve, you're going to constantly reach that point where you're like, fuck, I'm feeling a little bit like restricted in here. And what that what your shell is, is your concept of self. And it's like, fuck, I'm feeling a little bit restricted because things that I used to believe, I don't believe anymore. And now I feel like, oh, I'm feeling a bit ick. Like, what do I actually believe? I better continue the story that I've been telling for the last 10 years because God forbid I changed my fucking mind. 
-hmm. when really it's like, hang on, I'm feeling restricted in my shell, in my concept of self. I need to retreat. I need to look at this. I need to decide who I want to be, who I am right now, what that bridge is. I need to remove this shell and generate a new one. And I feel as though it's the avoidance of that. It's the avoidance of like wanting to see ourselves in our truth and in our contradiction, which is our truth. And to hold the duality and be like, fuck, not make, again, not make it mean anything about you. Not look at that and go, oh, but I've been preaching this for 10 years and that means that I'm a bad person. That means that I've been lying. That means that I've been blue. No, you haven't. Yeah. That was yeah. that version of you. You're bloody grown, grown ass lobster now. <laughs> You're allowed to change your freaking mind. You're allowed to generate a new shell, a bigger shell with more space for behavioral flexibility. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that analogy, the lobster. Lobsters, right? Who would have known? Lobster, anchor into your lobster. What's that? That's a movie. What's the movie? It's like, she's, he's my lobster. Like, what? what is it? Um, it's the Little Mermaid, and I I hate that that's the way that you've described it. He's my lobster. No, what do you mean? <laughs> Sebastian deserves more than that. Wait, is it that movie? He's her lobster? Yeah, Sebastian's the lobster, and he's like, yeah, well, he's a bit grumpy, actually. He doesn't really fit the analogy, but still, he needs a new shell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Uh, so there's that. And I want to talk about when you're being like contradicting yourself. I had a great conversation actually in my group container activation yesterday. And one of the beautiful women was sharing her experience in like this motherhood journey, right? And I'm going to just briefly touch on this, but it was really expansive and sort of like an evolution for me to witness in like my own experience and my own journey, because she was saying like, you know, she's decided that she's not going back to work. Right. And she's been feeling that judgment because everyone, when she says that, because she's thinking, oh, I might have another baby or like, you know, I actually want to be at home with my daughter. I'm actually okay with that. I know it's, and I actually don't want to put her in daycare because the questions are starting to come. She's one now, like people are saying like, when are you putting her in? Um, what's going on? Like, and then the judgment's sort of coming her way. And she's like, I, I might've said 10 years ago that I would be a working mum, but now I'm, I'm in it. I don't want to be, and I don't choose to be. And really witnessing that is like, wow, it, it, the judgment's still there on mums. It still exists. See, I'm so I'm almost out of it. I feel like I'm I'm pulled out of it because I'm not in that. It's essentially I'm working and I'm being stay at home mum. Like I'm kind of doing both, but it's more work than mumming, right? Because my kids go to daycare four days a week, so way more work than mumming, and which I love. I'm so fine with guys. And but the judgment to actually be the stay at home to actually choose it rather than have to. It's interesting that that's still an experience coming up. And how much even for me, because I, I I would have asked someone that question when if their child's one, like that just would have been like a common conversation for me. And I'd be like, oh, when are you putting them in daycare? Because it's the next thing that I think of, right? Not in a just judgmental way, but how interesting that that's the next thing I perceive as the next step for their motherhood experience is that they put their kid in daycare. And that's not just because I did, it's because that's something that the people asked me. As soon as Jesse was one, when's he going to daycare? So it's like, oh, I probably should do that now. Okay, cool. So would I have done it? Would I actually have done it? And when he was one, had I not felt that pressure to do it and to go and create something and find, find you know, create my purpose, do the things that I want to do? Would I have sat in it a little longer? And it's kind of like, I, I don't know, from like speaking from right now, no idea. But I know that it still exists of women to other women commenting on timelines, expectations, and like we, we're literally starting it when their children are one and then we're getting to 30 years old 
It's like, when are you getting guys getting married? When are you having another baby? When are you, you know, all of these social expectations and these social constructions, people telling us what we should do and when we should do it because of timing, right? And and I think it's so relevant for our relationship, right? And this is like, again, it, it comes to that holding duality and like contradicting yourself within five fucking seconds. It's like, how often do I say to you, Chris, oh my God, I just wish I had your life. Like I wish I had the husband and the kids and was doing all of the things. Like I say that to you all the time and in the same breath, I don't fucking want that. I fucking love my life. But it's like people go into the space of being like, okay, well, I'm this or I'm that. I want that or I want this. It's like, how about you allow yourself to, again, expand your fucking shell and have both and know that by saying that you want something doesn't mean that you don't want what you have any less. And like, this is actually, I think where people go into that lack mentality, right? Is because they shame themselves from wanting more because they're like, oh, but I'm not, that that, that automatically means that I'm not grateful for where I am. Bullshit. Like, can you flip that perspective and flip that lens so that you're now looking at it from the perspective of like, oh, I want more. And I fucking love what I have right now. It's such a different energy and I guarantee you're going to be way better at your manifestation and your magnetism and all the things because you're actually moving from a clean, high vibrational frequency than moving through that like shame, lack, like I'm not good enough. Oh, fuck, I can't change my mind at this like questioning mentality or just conviction. I'm like, I don't know how many times, like even in conversations just with you, Chris, but even in conversations with my clients where I, I will say something and then I'll say something else. They're like, but, and I'm like, yeah, I just contradicted myself. And this is where on the receiving end of that, of being in the frequency of somebody that's able to hold duality like that, is you get the opportunity to practice your discernment. You get the opportunity to go, which is right for me right now. And like you said about the daycare thing, this is why like it's so important to increase that self-awareness, right? Because it gives you the ability to go, oh, that's not the way, that's a way. Yeah. And I can see the choice. But when we aren't able to expand our self-awareness, we get tunnel vision on what the people around us are saying. And it's like that voice of, hang on, what do I actually want? Is just totally fucking suffocated. So it's, can you expand your self-awareness so that when people suggest things, knowing that everybody's operating from a place of positive intent, even if someone is telling you what to do, like my mind goes to like an uh, like overbearing mother, right? Being like, no, but this is what you should do. This is what we did with you. Like, just that typical story that you see so often in films and, and books and all the things. And it's like, if you're in, if you've got your blinkers on and that's all you see, of course, you're going to follow in the footsteps of that. Is that what you actually want to do? You've got to actually retreat and go, hang on, what feels good for me right now? And know that you can pick bits and pieces out of other people's stories and other people's lessons, but you get to actually forge your own. And I think that stems from self-awareness. It stems from questioning people. Like and you don't need to question them to their face. Like, just in your own mind, be like, oh, how does that sit with me? Instead of just taking everything as fucking gospel and moving with it. And this is something that I say to my clients. Yep, I contradicted myself. Don't make anything wrong. What are you making it mean about you? What is it that you actually want? What is it like, what feels good for you right now? Yeah. And like, without going into too much detail, because that's a bit um, R-rated for the podcast uh, right now. And maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'm happy to share. It's like yesterday. Sessions, come on. <laughs> All the, the anonymous voice notes of me. <laughs> it's just me being able to fucking confess everything. So, I mean, it's no word of a lie that, again, I'm going to contradict myself. I'm so fucking happy in my life. I'm so happy being single and independent. And this is something that I've wanted for a long time and have worked very hard to achieve. And I would really love to share my life with somebody. So I was like, that's 
that's a given. Like I'm allowed to have and want both and be anchored into both, right? So knowing that that's what I want, what's interesting is I had the opportunity um, come up to do something that was not necessarily in line with that long-term vision. Everyone's like, oh, is that right? <laughs> My, you guys, you should say you're right now. I'm just like, oh, tell us more. <laughs> it's like, Chris, I think you know too much. I, I was like, yeah, this is what I want. Like I'm fucking all in, like let's fucking go. And when it got to crunch time, I was like, oh, it doesn't feel right. And I like, it's fucking late at night. I messaged Chris. I'm like, fuck, I just don't, I don't think this is right. And she's like, cool. So don't do it. I was like, oh, fuck. You're so right. Like I actually get to change my mind in the fucking moment. Like what are you saying yes to? And then following through, even though your yes has kind of morphed into a no, but you're going to ignore that feeling within your body because you're living up to the external expectations or you're living up to that past version of you that was, was a big full body fuck yes. It's like, and again, practice discernment because whilst that's true, you also sometimes need to honor commitments. It's like, again, contra- like contradiction after contradiction. And this is where it's so important to have the self-awareness or to have people that are going to hold you to a high standard or hold you to that highest kind of projection of self, right? They're going to hold you like, okay, well, I know what you want. that, And that's why I felt safe to message Chris because I know that she knows what I want. I know that she knows me literally like in and out. So it's like, okay, knowing that, I know that she's going to reflect back to me maybe something that I don't want to hear and also maybe something that I need to hear right now. And what's interesting is very similar scenario a week ago, her advice was totally different because my energy was different. And that's a fucking great coach. Thank you, babe. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you plug of my own self in there. Thanks, babe. No, I love that. I can hold that for Katie and Katie holds that for me. And it's finding, you know, for those listening, I actually had one of our listeners and one of my beautiful clients message me to be like, I fucking just love you and Katie so much. I love your energy. And I know she'll hear this right now. And I love you very much, my beautiful lady. I'm not going to mention your name. I'm only mentioning your name then, but anyway. Um, and I, I appreciate you always listening and tapping into this. And it's like we all yearn for that connection. And sometimes we're seeking it in other relationships like our partnerships. And it's like sometimes it gets to exist in other relationships like friendships and holding the space and recognizing that the, my ability to be so self-aware of me also allows me to be so self-aware of others and understanding that consciously and unconsciously what Katie might need or want might not, she might not even know what that is. Like she might be saying, I want this or I need this. And I'm like, eh, do you, do you really? Let's look at that. What's the need? What's the want kind of vibe? And also the reminder to Katie last night was like, you can contradict yourself, babe. You absolutely fucking can. Like who, who are you answering to right now? Who mm. are you holding, giving the value to own you right now in the decision-making. Like no one can make decisions for you. And that's such a key takeaway, I think, from like this episode on contradictions. What you are choosing to allow will continue. Who did you decide holds value on your life more than your own opinion? And when did you decide that their opinion holds that kind of weight? Because you can change your mind at any given point, right? Mm. Like if you want an apple or an orange, I go for the apple and then, oh, fuck, I want the orange too. That's such a like... just as a common thing that we do every day so why can't we do that in other bigger decisions why can't we you know for people that might have said they wanted kids in their in in their relationship and then they got to a point where they're like I no longer want kids I don't want that anymore and then everyone around them's going why why would you choose that why would you fucking none your business why (laughs) anyone would choose that right like none of anyone else is concerned and 
I'm curious, like I've always even leaned into just that one thing again as an example. It's like I have lent into myself. If society didn't convince me to or to want children, would I have wanted them? Would I actually have wanted them? I don't know that I would have because I love freedom. It's my highest value. I love travel. I love doing what I want when I want. I love materialistic items. I love fancy hotels and fucking great restaurants. And I like doing shit on my own time when I like to do it. And that's been the biggest resistance in my experience in motherhood. And I'm sure for a lot of mums it is as well. But for some mums, they're cool. They'll get ready when they get their kids off to school. They're not worried about that. I'm like, I want to get ready first. Me, I want to get ready. It's like, how quickly can I get them down at night so I can go and do what I want to do? And that's just ingrained into me. That's just what feels consciously and unconsciously as who I am in my identity, right? But the repul is, oh, I should be doing it like they do it. Like I should want to be with the kids a little bit more. I should want to go to the park. That should be fun. Let's all go to the, the park together. Yay. Like, no, that's not fun. That's torture. It's boring. Add in riding their scooters to the park and it's a nightmare. Like, I don't know if people have kids like my kids. I feel like my kids are the only ones that exist that are that hectic. Like, <laughs> not, but like, I feel like I'm the first woman to have difficult children. <laughs> when, <laughs> we went to the park. This is such like a paradigm from not what we were talking about. We went to the park and so he's like, are you sure you're still on a drive? And I'm like, it's like 400 meters. It's not far. We'll, we'll scoot up. We'll scoot up. Here I am trying to be that mom. I was trying to be someone else. I'm like, it's okay. Everything's going to be good. Next minute, Jesse literally falls over on the driveway on the scooter. Knee scratch, blood, hurt, screaming down the house. Lola takes off. She's gone, so I'm chasing after Lola. Steve's like, I'll catch up. And it's just a nightmare. They're both just screaming the whole way to the park, and it was horrendous. So it's like, when did I decide to start doing things because of what other people are doing or what I think I should be doing because they're doing it and what they're doing is right and what I do is wrong? Who says what's right? Who says what's wrong? Me, my emotions, my connection of what those things are. No one else. 100%. And that's so fucking powerful. I think with that as well, it's the recognition that we're going to fucking forget it. And that's actually okay as well. Because like, how often do we have these conversations, Chris, where it's like, whether it's me that needs the reminder, like last night, or you that needs the reminder when it's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Mm -hmm. Where is it? And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. And that's like, where it's so, and I want to like, set like celebrate you in the fact of like, being witnessed in everything that you've just said, right? Because I feel as though, again, I'm not a mom. However, I feel as though even those things that you've said has just liberated the motherhood experience for so many women that are listening from the perspective of, oh my God, it doesn't make me a bad person. Like, fuck, babe, no. Like, (laughs) we're allowed to like want different things. We're allowed to have different expressions of self. We're allowed to like move differently and experience life differently and fucking be selfish like you're actually allowed to be selfish stop making it mean that you're this like awful mother or you're not a great partner or like whatever it might be it's like we get to determine what that story looks like and sometimes we just need a little reminder that hang on who's in the driver's seat right now babe who's Mm -hmm. in the driver's seat because you actually get to be being selfish is fucking sexy oh agreed it's like it's what where this, you know, in in particular in motherhood, when we lose this I, I piece of self, this identity piece, it's like, okay, when you act selfish, I'm doing little inverted commas here. It's like when I act selfish, I feel sexy. I am sexy, right? Because it's a worth piece, right? It's ex- yeah. like it's giving yourself external evidence that you're fucking worth it. Yes. And like, if you're listening to this, you fucking are. Like, let that actually sink into your body. You 
are worth being selfish. Like you're worth being selfish. So go, like, honestly, if you take anything from this episode, let that be it. Like go and fucking contradict yourself today. Go be totally fucking audacious and go and do something so selfish that benefits you and only you and stay anchored in the fact that I'm still a fucking great partner. I'm still a fucking great businesswoman. I'm still a fucking great mother. Whatever the like opposite end of the spectrum is that's been stopping you, anchor into the selfishness and know that it does not take away from those other roles and responsibilities that you have and do so fucking well. It's like, that's actually the piece, right? Like go and contradict yourself in the most selfish way. Like you'll feel sexy as fuck. And then if you're in a relationship, for the love of God, go and have sex with your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Do it for Katie. (laughs) The hashtag do it for Katie. We'll start that on this app, guys. So let us all know when you've done it, you've done it for Katie. Let your husbands know this is for Katie. We're doing it for Katie. (laughs) Husbands everywhere loving me. (laughs) They're like, who's that Katie girl? Like, don't spend more time with her. I know we're going to love you and leave you guys. Thank you so much for typing into this episode. If you enjoyed it, please, please share to your Instagram stories. We would really love to help more women on their journey of self-discovery, self-mastery, self-development, all the things. And we would just love for them to have a listen to this episode. Also, our little secret launch thing is happening really soon. I get to see Katie in two weeks, less than two weeks. So you guys will know more then. And um, as always, have a fantastic fucking day. We love you. We absolutely do love you. One more note as well. Make sure you jump in our Instagram bios and upload your confessions. So this could be something that you selfishly allow yourself to be witnessed in. Again, they are totally anonymous and we are going to utilize that in the coming weeks and we're really excited about that too. So go and drop your confessions, go and be as audacious and like conflicting as you possibly can be. We're excited to hear them. Yay. Bye.